And once we get that right, which is for me the most important thing, that they have, first of all, respect. The second one is commitment. The third one, passion. Those three ingredients are non-negotiable. Welcome to the Non-Negotiables podcast. I'm Gavin. I'm here tonight with Justin. How are you doing, Jazz? Hey, hey. And no, no, I haven't scored again tonight, unfortunately. Um, and uh, here with Pascal. Paz, how are you doing, mate? What's going on? The three amigos back. Yeah, back yeah it's been, been a long time, hasn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, been, a it's been a while. It's been some stuff going on. Paz, you, uh, you thought COVID was that time two or three now with COVID? There's two. Two? Okay, two, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm on two as well, I think. Yeah, it's it's. Um, I think we're doing well on two, to be honest. It's not bad going for something that's been around for about three years and all around us. But um, I knew it was going to happen. Everyone was coughing on the plane, so you just know it's going to head your way at some point. Yeah, I think it's nailed on. Everybody's going to uh, going to be. It's going to go around every Christmas, basically. As soon as you yeah. get the guarantee, people, it's going to go around. That's about it. Jazz, how was your? Uh, how was your first Christmas in the Netherlands? Uh, pretty uneventful, really. Um, but can't complain. Um, we actually we got snow today, which nice. was nice. Um, my first snow in in several years, as you know, you guys being in South Florida know. Um, but Don't yeah, get much uh, snow in uh, Boca. No, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it it was nice, you know. Uh, it was it was funny. It's like um. <laughs> So, uh, like right on like New Year's Day, the uh, Christmas trees were just piled up on the corner for like uh, for trash <laughs> to take away. But it was like a huge pile, and you know this is just all stuff that's that's kind of new to me. I, I mean, y- you guys being from the UK, you know, probably experienced something like it. But there's been just a couple of things that have been a, a little bit of a trip, you know. Um, and that, that was in South Florida, they just get set on fire. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you got the uh, the new Dennis Bergkamp. Is it an eight euro note? Oh yeah, I do. You guys, you want to see it? Yeah, and um, for for everyone listening, because obviously it's not a visual medium, um, we're going to stick a, a picture of it up on the Instagram and on Twitter as well. It's very cool. If you haven't heard about this, um, the Dutch government released some limited edition. Uh, Eight euro bills with Dennis Bergkamp on and pose from when he uh, brought the ball down and scored against Argentina. So Amazing. we will we will post the pictures of of this. Um, Justin got his got his grubby little mitts on one. Um, he's supposed to be getting a couple more, but me and Pads are still waiting for our letters in the mail. Well, subconsciously, I prepared myself for this by having orange. <laughs> you you already dressed in orange. <laughs> nice. Yeah, they they look pretty cool. Just <laughs> how are they close up? Oh, it's, it is, it's really cool. I actually, I barely even like handling it because, you know, I, I want it to, to last. Um, yeah. Like I did say, I did make a request to the treasury, like the lady at the uh, uh, Avian bank. Uh, she, that's what she told me to do. She was like, there's a website you can go on and it's like the Dutch treasury and you can request them. I've not heard anything from them. I bought this one. It was twenty five euro, and I'm 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 happy I'm happy with it. I'm glad I bought it. Um, yeah, it does it does look very cool. So, like I said, we'll get some pictures of it up, yeah. um, and we'll we'll put it out on the socials because it is uh, yeah. 
yeah, it's a very, very impressive thing. Um, all right, guys, so less impressive has been our form over the last two and a half, <laughs> three weeks. Um, it's not terminal, but I'll be honest with you, I do think it's probably fucked us for winning the league. Um, I personally, I think that's probably gone because it means that you can't slip up again. And I just don't, mm. I just don't see that happening. Um, Paz, what's, what have you made of the last few weeks, our inability to score and just the, the, the silly drop in a points really, which one question for you, we have all these games, which one has infuriated you the most? Uh, I think Fulham. Fulham, because we were just so shit. Uh, I think that really infuriated me because I th- I would have thought after West Ham you've lost, which you know again it's I I I think it's just you you could look at that as a kind of a freak result because we had so many chances and and we just didn't take the chances and then their goal was debatable the first one that going out of play it looked like and you know and then there was the header of a set piece so I, I i guess west ham you could look at was kind of a freak result um but then to follow that up with such a poor performance against fulham and just be so abject and predictable sterile and also take the lead that i think frustrated me the most out of all three yeah fulham we were we were just poor i mean it was that was just a bad bad performance we didn't deserve any more than we got um for me the West Ham game was actually the most frustrating because the the Fulham I can accept that we played really badly and Mm. we didn't get anything from the game the West Ham game I found that harder to accept because we we literally just battered them and then gave away two absolutely stupid goals you're right the first one the ball was out of play but I understand why the VAR couldn't pull that back because there's no definitive angle of it so I I do understand it but it was out of play like there's no doubt it was out of play we just didn't have a video of it which I kind of get but you know it was just the 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 wasted chances and stuff and it's been been a theme throughout the season um Jazz where have you fell on these last few games um I think they're both equally infuriating both games you guys referenced uh but for different reasons um obviously you know west ham we played a lot better like a lot better um and it just didn't happen for us um you know like you referenced already the 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 ball going out of play is is you know a point of contention and then uh like pause mentioned uh you know fulham it was probably our worst performance in in a long time I mean, a long time. Um, yeah, and the ball going out of play, just that shouldn't really. <clears throat> I mean, like, okay, it it was out, whatever. But that's not why we lost that game. Do you know? What no, I mean? no, no, no. Of course, it, not. we should course have been not. home and hosed by by that point. Yeah, no, no, no. I I agree a hundred percent with that. Um, you know, it, it it's just a a, a hand wringing moment. I feel. Um, but you know, I, I I mean, between the two, I mean, I, I got to be with pause on this one. I, I I think it's Fulham. I I just think with how abject the performance was, it's hard not to be frustrated by that. Um, I Fulham I would kind of feels like an outlier to me, just because like in every other game, Newcastle, Villa, I don't think we deserve to lose them games. West Ham, even even Liverpool at, at the weekend, I, I think like. We've just, there's been reasons. So obviously you can't say you deserve to win a game when you don't score. 
Um, that's just a fact of life. In all four of those games, we didn't score. But right. in all four of them games, we we played well, and I don't think that we deserve to lose them. The Fulham game was different, so I'm kind of willing to put the Fulham game aside as an outlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I mean, everybody's worried about the lack of goals, right? Like that, that is mm-hmm. the panic right now. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, the 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 lack of production from our front three right now is is it's got to be the most concerning thing to like, uh, you know, pretty much all gooners. Uh, I mean, Martinelli is, is, is well below par. Even Saka is, he's underperforming. I mean, Jesus and Kedia Odegaard. I mean, we're, we're looking at way less goals uh, at this point versus last year. And that, that it's just not a good sign. Has, have you got, any idea of how to rectify this? Like, is it, we're, we're obviously, we're into January now, transfer windows open. Personally, I don't think we're going to do anything. Um, mm. And and I also don't think it would solve anything, by the way. I don't think spending 50 million quid on Ivan Tony um, would, would solve anything. But have you got any ideas? How, is it just a case of saying, well, we know Saka and Martinelli both got, what, 15, 14 goals last season. Erdegaard got mm. 15. Jesus got 11 in half a season. Is it just a case of saying, well, we've just got to stick with it because the goals are going to come? Or is there a fundamental change? Because this isn't a one-off. This has been the case for most of the season, even the games we've Uh won. We've been winning by really narrow margins. Even games we're we're absolutely controlling and dominating for 80 or 90%, we're winning by one goal. And then, you know, on the odd occasion where we've either screwed up, like Fulham at home, or we haven't managed to score, we're in trouble. Yeah, and also even games where, like Brighton, it was nervy until we scored the second goal when really we should have put that game to bed way before um, uh, uh, Nottingham Forest on the opening day of the season. It was just unnecessary. Um, uh, We just put ourselves in a bit of a bad position because of the lack of of, uh, prowess in front of goal. But... I, it's a it's a hard one, Gab, because I know there's the argument that we've been a bit predictable, which I have said. But then at the same time, I look back like you did as well on the Liverpool game, and you know it was Route One, Ramsdale through to Nelson, and he just doesn't finish. It was just appalling, like what his his whole you know posture, everything. But that was a different approach. That's a Route One direct. Um, I think some of our play has been. Um, we, we've definitely created the chances. So it's not as if um, we are all the time overly predictable. Otherwise, we wouldn't create chances. Well, we're creating I, I think... different chances as well, Pat. So you've got the one yeah. on the top that you talked about. Then yeah. we have the one where Odegaard ended up hitting the bar, where we've won it high, where Saka's nicked yeah. it high. Then we had the one where uh, Odegaard cut inside, give it a habit, and he wouldn't shoot on his left foot. And, it, it, you know, he took four touches and it ended up yeah. with Saka going in. So we're creating all sorts of different chances. And I do think we played differently against Liverpool, by the way. I don't know if you guys saw this as well. But we set up differently. We set up with four, with a screen of two in front. Yeah. We played more like a 4 2 3 one with Erdegaard yeah. and Havertz almost interchanging as the front man and the 10. So we, we did line up differently. Erdegaard was noticeably more central than on the right, I thought. Yeah, no, no, that that is correct. And, and you know, credit to Arteta from that side in that he tried to come up with something a little bit different. 
Um, but but the the issue seems to be that I you know I would like us to also play through the middle a bit more because we don't always have to rely on the wings. I think through the middle just to gives us that extra alternative. But the problem you have is Jesus is not reliable enough to be a goal scorer and he tends to get injured a lot. Uh, Eddie and Ketia, we know, um, I don't need to go on about what his, his, you know, flaws are. Havertz, we see again, he's not, he's not really someone who you can rely on to put the ball in the back of the net. And yesterday proved that uh, he missed a sitter of a header. Then when he has the chance to shoot on goal, it's just feeble. Um, so I think, I think we, we could do a bit more of that, but then that goes back to your point about maybe getting a goal scorer, but I agree with you. We're not going to get anyone in this window. We're not going to get anyone of caliber. Uh, Tony, they're quoting a hundred million, forget it. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I think it's just perhaps just working on the players that we have to look into ways to, to get more of, to take these chances, to be more, um, to have more in the box. Our set pieces have been good. We've scored, and that was worrying actually because against Liverpool, I, I, you probably one of you knows, but our set pieces has been quite a lot throughout the season where we score from set pieces. That's kind of worrying as well because it's not enough coming from open play. Um, so yeah. I, I, I've said this before anyway in the chat. Um, I, I don't try, I'm not going to say FA Cup is insignificant because that just looks like sour grapes. But I do feel this reset is something that we did not get last year properly. We'll get now two weeks, which is like gold dust in Premier League football, two week break in winter. I feel that's going to help us a lot. Gather out, get together, have a rest because there's, you know, I'm hearing rumours, you know, Saka's playing with an injury, White's playing with an injury. It could do us a world of good, and I'm hoping it does because there has to be something that the manager has to put into that team to re- reinvigorate it because there seems to be a loss of, loss of confidence, especially in the final third. There does. People don't seem to want to hit the ball at the minute. I mean, there's a, you know, no. at the start of the season, people yeah. were criticising Erdegaard for shooting too much, and now he's not shooting at all. Havertz wants five touches before he'll yeah. strike the ball. I've been saying all year that I think Saka's taking too many touches on the ball. I think all of our players take too many touches, basically. I don't think we move the ball Mm. enough. And I think there's too much coming backwards and there's too much, there's too many touches of the ball rather than just going straight for goal. Juz, is there anything that can be done to get Martinelli and Saka basically closer to goal? Because that's what, that's kind of what I'm thinking. This is my only thought on how, and I'm not Mikel Arteta, but if you can get them to closer to goal, get them closer to Jesus Havertz, whoever's playing up front, use the fullbacks wider if you want, don't care how you do it. But I think they're our most dangerous players. We've got to find a way to get them closer to goal. Man, Nate, that, that's actually a, a, like a really difficult uh, position, and I don't envy Arteta for being in this. Um, I will say what I've noticed a big difference of this season versus last is how static our front three are. And they don't mm. seem to rotate, uh, yeah. I mean, amongst themselves. Uh, they don't seem to rotate amongst themselves near as much because we used to see Jesus pop up on the left, you know, uh, Martinelli pop up in the center, uh, you know, at certain points. And I feel like we're not seeing that at all this season. They're all very static in where they are. And um, and I'm not saying that's the be-all, end-all you know, of our issues, but, uh, I, I do think it's, it's worth noting that, um, 
you know, like with all their shortage of goals and, and them not like rotating as much, I mean, I, I think it's got to be a negative, right? It has to be. I mean, something has changed between last season and this season. We've gone from a team that scored 90 goals from a team that's on course for, I think, 68 or something like yeah. that. And, then, and this mm. it's just not going to get it done. We've got to find a different way to, and a different way to do it. But also, our defence has gone to shit. You know, we started December with easily the best defence in the league. Um, and we're still kind of almost around there on numbers, but it's nowhere near as close as it was. I think the I think the stats that I heard this morning is from the last sixty one shots we've produced six point seven XG and scored one goal. In that same time, we've conceded ten shots on our goal that have given one point something XG and we've conceded five. Jesus. Uh. So, like, Paz, I mean, what do you, is it just a run of bad luck? I mean, I don't see Man City having this run of bad luck. That's all I'm saying. I, I mean, I don't know, because I think you, you, you already mentioned, which is true, that throughout the whole season, we've had difficulties in, besides a few games where, what was the game we won 5-0? Was that Sheffield United? Sheffield United. Where Nketiah scored that hat-trick. Uh, I mean, there's a few games like that, but a lot of the games that we played, they've been, we kind of, I wouldn't say we've grounded out, uh, grinded out a result, but I would say that we made it more difficult than what it should have been. Um, and we've won by one goal or, you know, we score a goal late on to make it 2-0 like the Brighton game. So we we have struggled. And, you know, I, I, I hate to bring it back, but, I think the number eight is still a problem. Um, you know, we're missing Shaka. I mean, whatever you want to, yes. whatever your thoughts on Shaka and whether it was the right move to sell him or not. I know it's debatable. Some people say it was the right time, but we're missing that player that runs into the box. He actually, what he had provided for us offensively last season, as well as defensively, was something we have not had this season. And he contributed to goals and assists. Um, we're just not getting that. Um, what I wanted to say, actually, just going I'm back, do you, remember the, do you remember after the Liverpool game? Do you remember the interview with Saka? Did you see how disappointed he was? Because even after the Liverpool game, when we drew 1-1. Yeah. Yeah. The, after the Liverpool game, we drew 1-1. They were disappointed because they did not take their chances or make most of it in the final third. So even the signs were in games like that before we went through the defeat. So I think even there was an acknowledgement of the players that, it's just not happening in that final third. Pass. Uh, just, sorry. Justin. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've, I've got to agree. Um, I, I mean, it's tough, right? I mean, so we have a streaky striker in Jesus and then, you know, we have two out of form, uh, you know, really special kids in Martinelli and Saka. Um, and then I, I, I don't know. I, I think, you know, Odegaard is, you know, he, he's kind of misfiring as well, but I, I do think a lot of this comes from what, what Paz mentioned, uh, a lack of Xhaka. I know, uh, Gav, you're, you're a bit more of a Havertz fan than I think me and Paz are. Uh, but I, I do think that, uh, that's the biggest difference in the lineup this year, mm. and it's it 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 does seem to be creating. Uh, well, I, I I tell you I tell you how I, I see it, Judge. I tell yeah, you how I ahead. see it. And, go, go ahead, go ahead, because I don't want to. I do think Havertz can be an effective 
player for us. But I think we've got to learn how it can happen. And, and, and this is what I see from my untrained eye. Bringing Havertz into the lineup, as well as Rice, and taking out Partey and Shaka. What we've done is we've lost a little bit of this progressive past and the ability to split the lines quickly, right? Sure. Because that's not yeah. what our Havertz is yeah. not, and never will be a ball player, right? What, what have I said the whole way along? He's a poor man's David Platt. He's not going to get on the ball and beat players. He's not going to play progressive passes. That's but, just not his game. But that that that's kind of almost insane to say when he came up as like a, a wonder kid in Germany being like a, a miraculous number 10. I get mm. that. But have you seen any of that from him? No, I haven't personally. I but... don't think he's got that. I just do not think that's what he is. I think he's someone that needs to crash the box late and get on the end of get on the end of chances coming from so, deep. I think that's So he shouldn't be in the left eight though at all then. I'll be, his... I'll be blatantly honest with you here. He shouldn't be playing for Arsenal. Is my yeah. honest opinion, right? That is my honest opinion. I do not think he's a good enough footballer to play for Arsenal. I not I don't think mm-hmm. the confidence there none of that. I don't think he's a good enough footballer to play in this team. But I yeah. still think you can use him as an effective weapon if you use him right. But I think what we've done, I think we've lost a lot of that forward passing, a lot of the break in the lines passing. And I think that's affected Martinelli badly, especially Martinelli. Mm. Because the especially. way him and Saka used to do that scissor motion and go in and out, and the way Xhaka would be able to find him, I think that he is badly missing that. A consequence of it is also that Erdegaard is now dropping further and further back. Erdegaard's heat map is a lot deeper. It wasn't at the weekend for the first time in God knows how long, but Erdegaard's heat map is going to be a lot deeper if you look at it because he's the one who's coming back to break the lines. That's affecting that right-hand side, right, with Saka because Erdegaard is now not in the positions that he he was in. He's now dropping deeper. It's also going to affect his goal output because, again, he's picking the ball up 70 yards from goal instead of 30 yards from goal. Of course, it's just natural that that's going to affect our ring. So I think what we've got is we've got a side that's been unbalanced. And I I know that Arteta had a plan to change the style and to change it into it. I just don't know if this style is actually going to work. The only thing that I think gives me kind of a bit of optimism is that Arteta has changed the style every year. So I don't think... I don't think there's ever going to be a final evolution. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think you're ever going to say, well, that's the final project, because I think he's always going to be looking for one more thing. Judge, I don't know. Do you do you agree with, with all that? Are you seeing something different to me? No, 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 no. I, I agree 100%. I think um, what's interesting is that, uh, you know, Havertz started in the uh, the nine at the weekend. And I, I, I think it's his best position. I agree. I do. And, I agree. Um, I think he's his best position as well, but I don't think he can play that position for us. No, 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 no. yeah, yeah. That was I, I was kind of going there as well. Um, I think Havertz's best position is nine, and I think he's not good enough to play there for us. Yeah, um, I think we've got a bunch of players that you're fine with them coming off the bench for little cameos here and there, but they should not be starting for this team. I think you've yeah. got Kai Havertz. You've got obviously. Eddie and Ketty, you've got Reese Nelson. I think I'm putting Leandro Trossard yeah, into that bracket as well. These are all mm-hmm. players that are not good enough to start for a side mm-hmm. that wants to win the title. They're all players that can come off the bench for the last 20, 25 minutes, right? But they cannot start. They're your Jordan Shakiri type players for Liverpool, where yeah. it's fine to bring you on 15 minutes to go when something you, you need something, but they, they shouldn't be starting. And I just think we've collected a lot of them players. And I think when you look at it back and... You know, me and Paz were having this debate back and forward today. 
Um, I think when you look at the summer and 65 million on Havertz and 30 million on David Raya, I think that is an awful waste of resources. I think he's fixed something that didn't need to be fixed. I think he would have been better off with 100 million on one player that could have replaced Xhaka or a centre forward, if you want, um, and and not done that, Paz. Or maybe not even sell Xhaka, leave it one more year. I don't know, so that you can ease into whatever transition you want to make. I think to replace one of, you know, I know people have said it was the right time to sell him, cash in on him, whatever, but I don't know if he really knew what the plan was after selling him. And that's the problem. Uh, I think we're sitting in a transitional stage here. If you had him at least for another season, then work in whatever plan you have to make it a bit easier. I, I think that would have made more sense to me because I don't, I, I, I feel he's, we had a great season last season and I feel Arteta is learning all the time, but I think he would have to look back on that summer and, and look at a few of those transfers and, and really probably, I, I think he might be too stubborn to admit, but just think back and see what was the point in them. Raya was, you, you, we've said this a few times, he's not an upgrade, is he, on Ramsdale? He's not. There's, there's, we've seen that. There's nothing that he offers that you could, potentially say he's better than Ramsdale. Maybe they were saying delivery of the ball, but I'm not seeing that. Um, and uh, Havertz, I, 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 I just don't know how you can justify 65 million on a player that, that can't even really shoot a ball. I mean, I, I've seen him score a header, uh, one where he's got an open goal and a penalty. I've not seen him take any decent long long shot or it, well, even when that 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 well, he looks, he looks horrendous pass when he tries i mean it looks I know. awful when he tries it I, looks I just like can't he can't believe it ball. it's <laughs> amazing even Eddie Nketiah scored from outside the box this season and he hit it hard in top corner he had that skill yesterday where he went wide and then did one of the worst feeble shots against one of the best keepers in the world it's just like what is that so i i feel that we we will have to look back on summer and and really you know, probably plays a big part in why we're 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 suffering at the moment. And yes, Rice has been great, and Timber's been very unfortunate because I think those two, especially, you know, both those two would have been in Timber's case would have been excellent. But yeah, it's 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 um it, it's it's I think we're just gonna have to stick with it until summer. That's the unfortunate thing, and that yeah. means having Raya as well because it looks like we're gonna trigger that um that option, isn't it? Yeah, I, th- I don't think there's a question about it. I think we are definitely going to trigger that Raya yeah, option. Yeah. I mean, I, t- to me, I think that that's not three million and twenty-seven million. That's thirty million gone. We've just deferred part of it. I, I don't mm. think there's a there's a maybe we'll maybe we won't. We are going to do it no matter what we think. And I, at this point, I think there might only be two people in the world that think that it's a good idea, and that's Mikel Arteta and Inaki Canyon. <laughs> I just don't. I'm not sure that anyone else thinks that's a thinks that's a good idea at all. But it no. is what it is and it's it's going to happen. Just we're coming to the point now with a few of these players, I think, where they are going to be looking for a way out. Um I don't like going to you with this question, but Emil Smith Rowe, I mean we we I don't know how many times we can have this conversation, right? We're into January now. The boy's gonna have to go for his own good because he brought him on yesterday, what, eighty eight minutes? Eighty eight minutes. Yeah, the fuck is the point in that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, so I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm. I'm an Arsenal fan. You know, first. Um, 
but I, I do love me some Emil Smith Rowe as 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 you guys and all the listeners know. Um uh, I don't I don't I don't know, you know, what the issue is. I feel like every time he comes on, he does okay, but he, he gets like three minutes, you know? Mm. And and yesterday was another good example. It's like give the man at least 15 20 minutes and see what he can do i mean uh, i don't i don't know i i don't want to be biased here but yes gav i mean as much as i hate to say it i think you actually might be right this time i think uh as much as i still think he could contribute to arsenal and be you know uh an excellent option off the bench apparently arteta doesn't think that which is you know i mean he knows more than i do but yeah i i think it's probably about about time i just i find it incredibly frustrating to watch the camera pan Mm -hmm. to smith rowe sitting on a bench when i'm watching a team go three games where they just basically can't hit a cow's ass of a banjo um you you know he's tried yeah at left eight he's putting Havertz at left eight, then he's playing Havertz up top and he he drops Martinelli, but it's Trossard that he brings in on the left wing. And then it's Nelson that he brings in on the left wing. And I just, I don't know, I find it very frustrating sitting there watching Emil Smith-Rowe, just looking on. And it, I mean, it's quite clear at this point, right, that he's just not going to use him. Because if he was going to, he, he would have done it by now. He, he, he started, he'd been, what, one game before he got injured and that was... That was it. So we're getting to the point now where I think for his own good, he is going to have to leave. Um, the, uh-huh. the player who I think has been linked with an exit more than anyone is is Eddie. Um, and I heard this question phrased on another podcast today, and I thought it was interesting to get everyone else's view on it because my view has kind of changed on it a little bit. If an offer was to come in for Eddie, let's call it 30 million because I think 40 million's a bit ridiculous and laughable. I personally, I think 30 million's laughable as well. But let's say an offer of 30 million did come in for Eddie. Would you take it in January if you knew you couldn't get anyone else in? So no incomings, Eddie out for 30 million. Would you do it? Pass? Yep, I'll do it. Just? I, I, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I'd do it too. I just, I don't think, I would rather see Havertz start up top. I would rather see Trossard yes. start up top. Mm. Yes. I, I don't think Eddie is necessary for this squad, right? Now, I think it's a different case when you're talking about Kivior, who, again, I think is way short of the standard required to mm. play for Arsenal. His signing reminds me a little bit, not quite as bad, but a little bit of Igor Stepanovs, where <laughs> you've got a player that's a million miles below the level of the rest of the squad. You've brought him in as a bit of a chance and it hasn't worked and you're going to have to move on. And I think we will move on from Kivior, by the way. I don't think Kivior will be at the club next season. Um, I think he'll be sold in the summer, but you can't sell him in January, like because we literally do not have the numbers. So you can't sell him in January, but with Mm -hmm. Eddie, I think in that position, I do think we've got enough cover and I would sell him. Uh, Just. Yes. Yes. I agree a hundred percent. I'd rather see Trossard or Havertz, in the nine a hundred percent over eddie at this point um to me eddie is fourth choice at at center forward uh i don't hate him i think he's a solid player uh you know he's he's hail or well kind of hail uh 
you know, Chelsea, that Chelsea history. Um, well, they've all but, come from Chelsea, though. You know, when we're, when Yeri came from Chelsea too, right? And Lewis Skelly. No, I no, didn't know that. Yeah, they I both came from, well, yeah, they both played for Chelsea before they played for us. They they all played for us. Eddie's been with us since he was like 13 or 14. But they're, 16, they're all, I think. 16. Was he was that old? But yeah, they've yeah. all been they've all been somewhere else first. Yeah, all right. Well, you know, it's fine. But, uh, you know, Hale End and stuff. But yeah, I, I, I'd prefer Trossard or Havertz there any day, you know, any opponent. Yeah, I, I, I would, I would agree with that. I just don't, I just don't see the point of him hanging around at this point. But, I, but personally, again, I don't think that offer is going to come. Like, I think there will be offers for Eddie, but I think they're going to be loan offers. And I don't see. I, I just think thirty million is is dreaming. Basically, I think if we got fifteen, I think that would be incredibly fortunate. Um, I mean, the the Crystal Palace links keep. They keep, up. Yeah, the Palace links keep coming up. And I, I yeah. do think that if you did that, I do think West Ham would probably get involved as well. They do need a forward. And I do think Eddie would do yeah. okay um, okay for them. Um, they, they've also been linked with Reese as well. Reese is, is another one that, you know, if the right money came in uh, in January, with I would consider letting him go without a replacement because he barely plays. I know he started on Sunday, but... That's a rarity. That's you know he rarely, rarely plays. Pass. How would you feel about that one? Yeah, again, I mean, I I like Reese as he seems like a nice enough kid, but I, I I again we've questioned this before. What was the point in this renewal of his contract? I just don't understand it. And I think Smith Rowe is such, is, is a much better player than him, and he starts a game and. Um, He's just not cut it for me. He does not cut it from a... I think we can... I know there was that Bournemouth game. I know we relive that moment and everything. But I think generally when you look at him as a player, I don't see what he really brings. And I don't think he's someone you'll miss if he's sold. Um, and, and I think particularly because he's being picked ahead of Smith Rowe. And I feel these type of players, maybe not so much Nelson because he hasn't played that many games, but Eddie... Uh, Havertz, uh, they get nine lives. They get as many, they make mistakes, they play, they're underwhelming. But I feel like Smith Rowe, if he does not perform in the 10 minutes that he has, that's him out for the next five games. So just weird for me. It's 10 very minutes. Strange. That's a little generous. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. Ten, that's, that's <laughs> eight minutes more than Arteta likes to give <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I, I just no, feel I there's agree, so much though. pressure on that kid when he comes on. Can you imagine? He's got like two, three minutes to yeah. do yeah. something. And no wonder when he misses something, his head, hands in his head because he's thinking, that's it. I'm not playing for the next seven games now. Yeah. Um, and I, I think another thing with Eddie's argument is I don't see what he brings when he comes on either. There's no, nothing. No, he, he brings, brings nothing, nothing to the, the table when he comes on. Yeah, so you have no impact player either. So... Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would. I would probably sell both. You, you guys, you, you, you guys know I'm biased. Obviously, like I love Smith Rowe. He's probably my favorite player in the in the current squad. Um, but I do find it just crazy that he's he's proven to be deadly off the bench at the tail end of. Yeah, was it, uh, was it six consecutive games he scored in coming off the bench? Yeah, exactly. And and he's he's not given it. I mean, I'd be putting him on 75 minutes every game, no matter what. Mm. You know? Yeah. Because he's proven that he can be an impact off the bench. Yeah. But yeah, he's I do, not going to do that in three well, minutes. You know? I think part of it as well yeah. is Arteta doesn't like making subs. 
Like, he just doesn't yeah. like making subs. He brings one sub on at 70 minutes because he has to and then makes the rest in the 88th minute. Like, he just don't like making subs. And he doesn't make yeah. subs first. Have you noticed this? He waits for the other manager to make a sub so he can see their changes before he does mm. his, which yeah. is fine. But sometimes you've got to be proactive. It's mm. weird. It's weird. The whole thing is, oh, like, I'm, I'm, I'm totally pro Arteta. Like, I'm, I'm not, you know, I, I know these these last few results have have went against him and and you can question some of his decisions but like i'm i'm still totally pro arteta mm. but this substitutions thing his his game management i think still needs a lot of work and we've talked about this a lot you know yeah i mean I, I think everyone has it's, it's like it's it's an yeah. obvious thing um that's an that's an issue and it was an it, it it's been it was an issue with it was an issue with Wenger towards the end because he had the, set, the 69th minute sub that he, he made every game it was the yep. first sub the only sub and then with Emery it was the complete opposite right you'd get to half time and all of a sudden there'd be four changes and you're like what yeah. is going on yeah. but um yeah no it's I, I think an another thing I think you've mentioned it before Gav is is youth as well I mean Yesterday, Klopp happily will bring on youth players in the FA Cup, and he, he will he will make that decision at nil nil. Uh, but I, I don't know why, you know, you can see it's not working with these players, Nelson and and these guys. Can Winieri get ten minutes, fifteen minutes? I mean, what 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 is the harm? I don't know what the harm is, and and he seems to be really reluctant. If you have them on the bench, well, he was on the bench, right? I swear I saw uh, yes. him on the yeah, bench. Yeah, yeah, when Yeri was if on you the have bench, him on the bench, Susan was on the bench and Rule Waters was on the bench. Why have them on the bench then? I mean, I, I guess if you have no other options, but you must think there is a they have some ability to be available on the bench. I just don't know why he does. He's reluctant to at least try one youth player. And that's what I liked about George Graham in particular, Wenger as well. But they they were not scared to bring on a youth player when needed, if they're talented enough. And I think Arteta just seems to be a little bit off when it comes to youth. Cedric was also on the bench, by the way. <laughs> and we He'd be ahead of any of them. We, we, didn't, we didn't bring him on? Man, we missed a trick there. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> well, well, the boys have all gone for a reset in Dubai. Let's, let's, hope that they're, um, let's hope they do some shooting practice while they're out there because we need it. We come back. It would with, help, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we, we need come it. back with a home game against Crystal Palace, and I don't know. Like we were saying at the start, it's kind of, it's kind of, we're in the, we're in the area of no mistakes from here on in. We literally cannot afford to slip up again. No, no, yeah. no. All right, guys. Well, it's been our first one for a while, so thank you, guys. Um, we'll definitely try and be a bit more regular now. We've all had a lot of stuff going on, but New Year hopefully settle down and we'll get back to it. So it's good night from me. Um, good night, guys, and I will see you next time. Happy New Year. Good Happy New Year. <laughs>